This is Beyond the Bookshelf podcast from the Columbus Junction Public Library. Anyway, so today, now that we've kind of gotten all of this wonderful getting to know you stuff through, we thought it would be lovely since we're coming into the winter to sort of talk about what fictional character, what author, what side character you would like to be stuck snowed in the house with. So we've each come up with one main character, one side character, and one author. Plus, there might be a few honorable mentions at the end because I did not pick the thing that everyone assumes that I picked, Erin. Okay. (laughs) I'm waiting to see. (laughs) Anyway, so we're going to start with our main characters. What main character from a book would you love to be snowed inside with? Well, I cheated and I have... Four main characters because they, I love this. <laughs> they come together. I mean, oh, okay, they do. They come okay. together. They're all they're they're one. And they are an entity. They together. are an entity unto themselves. Okay, and of course, when I started thinking about okay, being snowed in, think about those cold days when it's just ooh, you're just ugh, the snow is blowing, and but you're stuck at home and you don't have to go to work that day. And I thought, well, who who would I really want to be with? Because I remember an experience once when I was living in the bottom of a big old house and then there was an apartment in the, on the second level. And we lived there for about 12 years, my husband and I, but the people upstairs always changed. There was always coming and going a new neighbor upstairs. And we had a new a newish neighbor upstairs. She was a single mom and had her daughter. And I really hadn't met her or talked to her at all yet, but it was uh, tornado season. And as we all know, tornado season around here can be pretty scary. And all we had in that old house was a a big old creepy dank cellar that you had to go outside, pull open the big door, go down in there. And, you know, that was your protection for a tornado. So, of course, the, the sirens went off. My husband wasn't home. I think he must have been working and at school or something. But I was like, I... I got to go to the cellar. Oh, my gosh. And I thought, gosh, I wonder if the upstairs neighbor knows this. I hope the landlord told them, you know, should I go tell her? Should I be running up and down? I should probably just get to the cellar. So I had gone to the cellar. And then not long after, she came with her daughter. And I was glad she knew that that's where she could come. But it, And I'm, I'm not usually that awkward with strangers. But it was just, it was a very long 20 minutes of like, hi, yep, how are you? How do you like living? You know, it's just like we're in this, I remember that I had one chair down there and I think I put my Christmas decorations down there and it was just not a pleasant place to be and you're waiting out the tornado warning and I thought, oh gosh, this is going to go on forever. What are we going to talk about? And this little girl's probably bored out of her mind, but and I could tell that the mother was kind of like, this is strange and awkward. I don't know you, but we're both in this cellar together. So anyway, so then it made me think about, okay, being snowed in with somebody I am going to have to have somebody who's familiar. I just, it's got to be somebody I'm just like comfortable with and a little bit familiar with because, you know, how long, how long could the snowstorm go on? And I don't know. I'm pretty a private person. So it's like, I really want this to be comfortable. So my pick ended up, I went back to childhood because those characters, you know, they make you feel warm and fuzzy when you think about what you read in your childhood. And I picked the March sisters from Little oh, Women. Oh, I mean, I didn't even think about them. Yes. That would be so good. I oh. want to be snowed inside with the March sisters too. Of course. Why wouldn't you? They're just adorable. I mean, how can it be? I, I of course, started rereading the book 
I had read it, of course, a million times when I was 12 and 13, you know, over and over again. And I still don't even know. I think I gave my copy to my niece, thinking she would treasure it as much as I did. But I don't think she reads even hardly. <laughs> so I like kind of want to ask for it back. Because <laughs> it's like my childhood copy of my of Little Women. But I was rereading it. And of course, at the very beginning, there's this little sketch of the four sisters knitting by the fire. I love to knit. So, of course, that like spoke to me again. And I said, I wondered how much I've been shaped even by having read that book as a child. I feel like I have been uh-huh. shaped by it a lot. And then, of course, there's the I, I wrote down this quote, as young readers like to know how people look, we will take this moment to give them a little sketch of the four sisters who sat knitting away in the twilight while December snow fell quietly without and the fire crackled cheerfully within. It was a comfortable old room, though the carpet was faded and furniture very plain, for a good picture or two hung on the walls. Books filled the recesses, chrysanthemums and Christmas roses bloomed on the windows, and a pleasant atmosphere of home peace pervaded it. So I was just thinking, of course, that's who I want. And I want to be at their house, even though I know we're set way back at Civil War times and it's not that pleasant of a house. But as I was thinking about all of the different characters, they keep talking about the sofa that they're always using. And they call it the patriarch of a sofa, which I thought was great. You know, it's like the family refuge where they all go and things are bad or good and they're cozy and so forth. They're always sewing. They sing before bed. And then, of course, uh, using the Pilgrim's Progress as their guide, you know. And I, I remember, like, not even really knowing what the Pilgrim's Progress book was. And I remember going to college and finally reading it and going, oh, this is what they were talking about in Little Women. All that time, I, I, I didn't even know um, what it was. And then I remember I, I wrote a, a big, long essay in college about I, I changed it from the Pilgrim's Progress to the Student's Progress about myself going through college. I always thought that was so clever at the time. Now I look at it and I think, oh gosh, it wasn't that clever. (laughs) My professors probably thought I was not that clever that I thought I was. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, I picked the four sisters. Of course, Joe is my favorite. After reading, rereading this though, now there were things that made me angry. Like Meg made me angry sometimes because sometimes Meg was just too sweetsy sweets and she did you know when she got married and the time that she's making jelly um, and she's trying so hard to make this jelly and it won't gel and she's disheveled and her husband comes home with a guest and he's just not very nice you know he he expects her to have supper ready and it's like maybe you could just like jump in and help and I know it (laughs) It's definitely the times and the book and the, you know, all of that. But it just, oh, I got so angry with Meg. So I'd love to sit down on this snowy day and say, Meg, be more like Joe. You can be tough. You do not have to be, you know, you do not have to be this little pretty thing for your husband and everything has to be just so perfect and you have to be so obeying and so forth. So that's one thing that I would like to do. Of course, like I said, with Joe, you know, she's always wanting to get out in the snow. So I'm like, well, that would be fun because she would make us get out and actually get out in the snow and we'd have to go do it. Sometimes she's playing chess. You know, I love to play chess. I loved when they created the Pickwick paper, the Pickwick club. And they wrote the little like newsletter that was so up my alley. And I thought, again, another thing that I think shaped me as a child, because I remember creating my own little magazines. I would like color the front and I'd make little pictures and little mini stories in, inside. And then I'd give them to my brother to read. You know, you have to read my magazine. It's called Now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I named it Now. <laughs> and I, I just thought it was very, very cool. 
So I would totally dig doing the, uh, you know, Pickwick Club. And then, of course, sometimes they're up in the garret. You know, the garret is like this magical place. It's got a mouse, but it's just where Joe goes, you know, and she um, puts on her scribbling suit. And then she said she falls into the vortex, which, of course, is so, to me, wonderful because she's going to go, you know, write and she's going to, which I, I enjoy writing very much, too. I love creative writing, but I definitely need, like, time away from everything in the world so I can fall into the vortex because there's so many distractions in life. So I'm thinking, oh, this would be great. Joe would be inspiring for that. Um, Of course, Beth, I always had a heart for, you know, she's playing with her dolly. She's playing piano, playing with the kittens. Oh, the kittens. Oh, my gosh. And um, she always has my heart. And I cry every time that she passes away in the story because it's just not right. So I think she would be just lovely to sit down and talk with and just so sweet um as i said meg i would just want to kind of shake <laughs> and say okay we're gonna before you get married you know hopefully this is like pre before she gets married like at the very beginning of the book and you know say come on now you can you can be tough you do not have to do everything that your husband says he can he can join you he can help i did write down one thing she several times she's making um and i'm not sure if i'm going to pronounce this correctly uh, blancmange, mange. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. how you pronounce like blamage? it? Blamage. Blamage. See, you're yeah. pronouncing it so elegantly. No, 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 no. I saw the Monty, the Monty Python skit about it. Okay, <laughs> and that's like she makes it several times. That's how you learn to say things. So it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's making that several times, and I thought, oh gosh, what even is that? I didn't really know what it was, so I had to Google it, of course. And it's like kind of like a gelatin dessert. I think so. With it's white. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because it it almost looked like it was made, you know, like a jello in a jello mold with milk and cream and sugar. Um, they said on Google that you'd have rice, flour, gelatins, corn starch, or Irish moss, and often flavored with almonds. So it actually sounds kind of delicious. I mean, I grew up on jello. It's almost like it sounds kind of like a custardy, but like creme brulee, but without the eggs and without like the the crystallized, caramelized sugar on top is kind yes. of what it sounds like to me. It's yes. Like sick bed food. It is sick bed food. That's yes. what I know. Yes. I think so. And I think I've, that maybe that happened well, maybe several cases. Maybe it's more cases. like bread or rice pudding. Oh, that would make sense. Because it's got rice mean? in it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think it might be a comforting thing to have on a snow day. We could whip one of those up together, Meg and I, while we're having our talk. You know, I thought that'd be great. And then, of course, Amy, she's always drawing flowers, designing fairies. Now, would that not be the funnest thing ever to design a fairy? I'm not a good drawer, but I do love to sketch and just kind of, you know, scribble and so so forth. And I thought the one time when I was reading that she was designing fairies, I thought that would be so fun because they could have different outfits and different kinds of, you know, uh, wings and different hair. Oh, my goodness. That could be really great. She's always illustrating stories. They talked about her painting hats and shoes. I thought, well, that sounds like fun. You know, she makes things over so that they're beautiful. Painting shells, crocheting. She was doing pen and ink drawings. I mean, all this would be so much fun on a snow day to me. One thing where she goes to an art fair and she decorates this old antique book cover. And then she does like, she writes all these beautiful texts and verses and and scroll work inside the book. And then, of course, they always talk about her making her mud pies. And I thought all four of these gals would be so much fun to hang out with. They always knew how to make time pass, even if they weren't, you know, 
doing anything that great. You know, we did, we aren't going to have internet. We aren't going to have any of the technology, but we're going to just do the basic things. So I grouped all my characters into one and I still think it would be cool if we got to be at their house because then we'd be next door to Lori and his grandpa and they have a mansion. And then there's like really cool things at Lori's house because he has, of course, a library and a conservatory and I know when they, they talked about going in the library and there's all these coins at Curiosities. So you can imagine you could just wander around this big old library and find really cool things to look at. And then there was one thing I wanted to even say and ask you guys if you had any idea. What are Sleepy Hollow Chairs? That's one thing that they've described in his library when I was rereading the book. And I'm like, what would a Sleepy Hollow Chair be? Like, <laughs> Watch Mandy Google and we'll find out. Well, please. I know. <laughs> A sleepy hollow chair. You guys want a sleepy hollow chair here. Here, I'm going to pull up a picture for you. They're a nice, big, like, (gasps) leather chair that you kind of sink into with an ottoman. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I do. But yet they look very, like, I don't, like, very conservatory-esque. Like, they've been there for hundreds of years. I love that. That is the most perfect answer right there. We can stop the podcast. (laughs) seriously i well you've just described like my ideal day with the march sisters yeah i yeah that's what i wanted (laughs) they're so sweet it it was surprising rereading this book there's parts of it like i said that just made me a little oh that's just too sugary sweet they're too nice i mean that's not the way it is but you can't help but love them i don't know yeah there's simplicity in there they're just they're wonderful Mine is so much less wholesome. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have um, a straight contrast. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so mm, the main character's name is Nicholas Gaucher. He lives in New Orleans. The author is Sherilyn Kenyon. It's a book series. So there's actually two series that he's in. There's the Dark Hunter series in which he is an adult. Okay, do you know the series? I know the series. Okay, and then there's the YA series. Oh, maybe I know the YA series. Okay, the Chronicles of Nick. Where, okay, so he's younger. The YA series actually takes place after the adult series because the adult series, there's a big betrayal by a best friend. There's a big misunderstanding. And then they try to change things in the Chronicles of Nick. So Nick is from New Orleans. And I want to point out, he's going to hate the cold. I'm going to hate the cold. Oh, we're just going to be inside. So that's fine. (laughs) Ideally, I would like to be with adult Nick. Because he's very handsome and not tied down. So I'm just saying, like, you know, it's very cute. So sarcastic and so funny. Like, the first sentence of the Chronicles of Nick is, I'm a socially awkward man dork. And, like, it just gets funnier from there. Like, it's hilarious and he's very hot. And, yeah, no, this is um, my plug for the Dark Hunter series because I really love it. Even Sherilyn Kenyon might be a little controversial right now. No worries about that. And I just, I just can love nothing more than somebody else who's going to complain about the cold because I'm always cold kind of thing so like even sitting here I'm just like oh pulls my cardigan up a little bit more so I love that somebody else is going to hate it with me because it was a book where he was out in Alaska for one of the other people that he helps wrangle and like he just hated it the entire time and complained also like he's gonna have fun stories about being in New Orleans you know yeah yeah that's my that's my person is Nick Nick O'Shea I adore that. <laughs> it's a sharp contrast right there. Contrast. I love I'm it. it. <laughs> Hello. Okay. 
So I see your wholesome March sisters and I see your hot dude that's going to be sarcastic and complain about the cool. And I raise you a 15th century assassin. Whoa. <laughs> I'm delighted. I knew you would be. Okay. So um, I would want to be stuck inside with Ismay, who um, from Grave Mercy by Robin Lefevers. It's the His Fair Assassin trilogy. In this situation, Ismay is 17 and she escapes from the brutality of her potential arranged marriage. And she takes sanctuary in this convent. But... Not everything is as it seems, of course. Um, The sisters there still serve the gods of old. So this isn't like Brittany. So it might actually be older than 15th century. I can't exactly remember. And she trains with them because their convent believes that the gods of death himself blesses them with certain gifts. And so they are trained as assassins and then get placed in these high courts and different political intrigues to take care of problems to make sure that the country gets ruled this way and that there's intrigue, there's treason. And of course, in the first book, how can she deliver death's vengeance upon a target who has now stolen her heart? (gasps) And I love that. I'm sent to kill you, but you're kind of cute. Anyway, um, so she has all of this knowledge of like herbs and poisons and human anatomy and like how to kill people without it making a sound and not saying that I want to do any of those things. Just saying, I think we could have a lot of really great conversations. Plus this idea of like being with someone who could, I mean... I'm not aristocratic. Like, I don't understand like high court and fashion and da 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 all these different things. Like, I just think it would be fascinating to get to like sit down with her. But I also love the growth that you see over the course of her book. And this idea that sometimes, well, things are never what they seem. And the moment when you realize that instead of being on this righteous path, you realize you're just someone else's pawn. And so then what are you going to do about it? I think she would have fantastic conversations. Wouldn't you be a bit afraid? Um, I might be a little bit afraid, but like, I don't think I'm ranking high enough with anybody's anything that I, that someone's going to need to off me. Plus her <laughs> knowledge of like her herbs and stuff like that, I think would just be fascinating just to write all that stuff down. Here, yeah. Mandy, try my tea. Here, try my tea. I'm going to make you some tea on this snowy day. So that, that one is mine. Wow. I like it. Yeah. It is somehow very between the two of us. Uh, it is. It is. I it was a wild card, wasn't it? it you was thought I was gonna say someone else. I yeah, I'm excited to see why you didn't say that person, but I feel like we're gonna get there because I knew you'd make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, who's your side know character? Each other too much. Oh, probably. Well, I think I said Lori. Oh, Lori would be your yeah, side character because I love you know it. he's part of the the group. So oh, yeah. I'm just kind of sticking with the whole little women theme. And yeah, that's a good oh, choice. Yeah. I still go back to that wins the podcast. You, you keep going. What? No, the March sisters and little women wins oh, the podcast. Wins the I was looking down on my notes because I knew I was going next. So I heard you say, when is the podcast? And I'm like, now, Mandy, we're recording it now. <laughs> 
You mean we've just been, oh, I thought we were just visiting. Oh, was I supposed to hit record? Oh, yeah, yeah. Smarty farty. Okay, who's your side character? Have you guys read the Stephanie Plum series? No. By Jeanette Ivanovich? Ivanovich? Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard it's hilarious. It is very funny. Every book is a romp and like, she keeps going back and forth between these two guys. Like, we all know who she's going to end up with. But like, if you could sleep with like, the sexy, like bodyguard who wants to just give you expensive things like why would you not like sleep <laughs> with them for a little not? bit and then end up with like you know the nice next door italian police officer you're not gonna end up with um this might be controversial sorry to anyone who's like no morale is so much better uh ranger's just hotter i'm just saying throwing it out there but side character is not ranger it's lula so stephanie plum is <laughs> loses her job and she decides she's gonna be a bail bondsman like she's gonna go ahead and like start getting people like a bounty hunter kind of thing and she's like i can do this i can do this she becomes friends with lula and lula is a uh business business woman on the street and they kind of like strike up this really interesting friendship so after the first book and i'm not really spoiling anything there's like 23 books 20 24 books something like that guys like there's so much more content don't worry about it uh but <laughs> she stops being a business woman on the street and like, she's like okay so what am i gonna do with my life now and she keeps going in these crazy schemes and she's always like i'm gonna go ahead and do this oh i'm gonna do this and she's got her firebird she's always like because stephanie's car is always blowing up like every single time stephanie's car blows up <laughs> she always has to use her grandma mazer's powder blue like 51 52 like buick or something like that but and lula has her firebird that she loves and sometimes it gets crossed uh, caught in the crossfire and she's like i'm not doing this but one of the things that stuck out to be very sharply is she went on a diet once she's like i just need to lose some weight i need to lose some weight it was an all meat diet because she's like i'm gonna cut out the carbs so no bread the whole diet is just gonna be all meat and I feel like I could, if I have to be stuck inside with somebody, we might as well have similar taste in food. Yes. So, and I just, she's hilarious. She's always got something to say. So, that's what I would do. I love that. That's a good one. I've never read that series, but. It's good. It's good. Okay. Have you read all of them? I had to stop at 20 because I read them like one to like 20 and I was getting burnt out. Like, stop right I now. I am no I'll longer invested in you. <laughs> right? I just like, I gotta, I'll, I'll come back. My side character is Uncle Steven from Like a Love Story by Abdi Nazemian. So this is one that I believe made the shortlist for All Iowa Teen Reads last year. And it is set in 1989, New York City, the height of the AIDS epidemic. Politicians were not paying attention to it. Doctors were not wanting to treat people. And here's this young man who's from Iran, and he just knows that he's gay. But the only thing that he has ever seen about his entire world is that gay men die of this disease because like that narrative was going at the time was this was because of your choices. You deserved this kind of a thing. Well, he meets... Since he's moved from Iran to the U.S., he meets a girl. Her name is Judy. She's an aspiring fashion designer. She really falls in love with him, like, right away. But her uncle, Uncle Stephen, is gay. And he is also um, a member of ACT UP, which is was an activism group at that time in New York City that would kind of pull these pranks to get attention 
regarding the AIDS epidemic. So basically, Judy falls in love with Riza. Riza's like, I think I'm gay, but maybe I'm not. I'm going to try to hang out with this girl and figure this out. But Uncle Stephen is the most bomb uncle I have ever seen in my entire existence. His <laughs> pop culture knowledge, his ability to pull in a Madonna lyric to like make you feel better about your life, his life advice, all of those things. He does a lot of like documenting the AIDS crisis. He just, he does so much. And every time one of his friends passes away, and it was... I was a blubbering mess. So this is kind of somewhat of a spoiler. You knew something bad was going to happen because he's too great of a character. But every time one of his friends would die, he would put a jelly bean in a bowl by his door. And he told himself that when it was his turn, he was going to eat all those jelly beans and it would be the last thing he did before he rejoined his friends. And there is a scene where Riza and Judy walk in and the bowl is empty. And I want to tell you the sobbing, the chills, the everything, because Uncle Steven is just like this powerful force of like love and light and he accepting people where they are, gently educating them, you know, talking people through. And like he figured out that Riza was gay long before Judy ever did. And he's like, you know, I love my niece. She deserves to know. But more than that, he's like, but I could be happy with her. He's like, you could be happy. She could be happy, but you're still lying to yourself. Like you deserve true happiness. This doesn't have to be the ending. And so the ways that they go on to honor uh, honor Uncle Stephen and all of these different things that happen, you're like, it's, it's one of those things where you realize that this man left a legacy that touched so many other people. And it was just a lovely book about your legacy is the work that you do, but also the people's lives that you touch. And so honestly, I want Uncle Stephen. I want him before he gets really, really sick and can't leave his bed. And I want to like be planning like some act up stuff. Like he was the epitome of making good trouble. And I loved that. And plus he knew like anybody who was anybody in like 1980s pop culture New York. So like the stories this man could tell about like studio, what is it? Studio 57? Ooh, blah, blah, 54. Blah. 54. Thank you. Studio 54. All those like nightclubs, all the drag queens, like everything. Like just he would have some amazing stories and I could probably just sit there and listen to him all day long. That's but I, Uncle Stephen would be my <laughs> he would be my person. Is it what's the name of the book? Uh Like a Love Story. Like a Love Story. Boy, I gotta pick that one up. It is it's gut-wrenching in all of the best ways. And I loved it for me. It was really difficult to determine between that book and the patron saints of nothing, which was the all Iowa teen reads choice this year, because like just in terms of perfection. <laughs> <laughs> like they were both right up there. Like I've obviously read a lot more teen all Iowa reads potential books, long list, short list. I mean, I've read probably 50 or 60 books since I've read this one. And I still can like just get chills thinking about this book and like how necessary it was and how many like can like similarities you can kind of draw between the AIDS epidemic and our current pandemic and, you know, just different things like that. It was just, 
I'm telling you, Uncle Steven is the uncle that everybody wants. Sounds like it. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's my fave. Okay. So author, who is your author that you have chosen that you'd like to be stuck inside with in the well, snow? Well, it was really hard, but I, I chose Ann Patchett. She she went to the Iowa Writers Workshop, and I love all of her books. Um, Bel Canto is my favorite. That's the one where they... Um, they're at this big lavish party and um, it like a terrorist comes in and takes them all hostage. All these people that are dressed fancy and, you know, at this beautiful party. And it's just such a great book because they, you know, they don't know each other, but they have to get to know each other really well just to survive this hostage situation. And there's just a lot of um, great interaction amongst the guests and that they get to know each other and so forth. So I, I would love to just like, pick her brain and say, you know, tell me about writing Bel Canto and like what, you know, inspired that. Did you hear of a story and how did you get in the mind of what it would be like, you know, being a hostage situation? Because that's got to be almost frightening to even put yourself in that environment. So and then, of course, she also has a bookstore and I've seen her interview several times and I think it would be fun because she's just a wealth of knowledge of what's out there in books land and I think it'd be fun just to sit and visit with her and talk about books in general and she seems like the most lovely lady she just seems really um, sweet and kind and I feel like I'd be comfortable with her I wouldn't feel like oh gosh I've snowed in with this person what are we going to talk about I feel like again (laughs) she would have a lot to talk about and I'd love to know her writing process because I'm always wondering about how people write stuff and what they you know what's their inspiration and what's what how do, how do they go about doing that, you know? And so that that would be my author, Ann Patchett. So who did you pick, Erin? So the author that I decided, so this is, this is very hard for me. This is where my honorable mention started because the other author I almost chose, I read like 30 of her books and like I go through and I reread them all the time. And like they are actually, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give away my honorable mention, but they are, that author is part of the reason that I read romance novels. In general. I know who it is. I, I don't think you do. <laughs> do you want to guess? No. Okay. It, I, names, I want to be surprised. Their name starts with an L. Oh, that is not who I was going to guess. Okay. Okay. So the not author that I, I guess. <laughs> that I decided to go with is Rin Shapeko. So I love her. She is a Filipino-American author. She is fantastic just genuinely fantastic she's written the bone witch trilogy and so that is about a young girl who everyone in the world has some magic and like she's assuming she'd be like one of her sisters like one of her sisters is like oh i do healing and the other one is like oh you know i just do like general like little things and like help people and she's just about at the point where they're gonna do a ceremony and she's gonna figure out what kind of magic she has her favorite person in the world is her older brother, Fox, and he passes away fighting a demon. And in all of the distraught, like, awfulness that she felt, like, the magic she has, necromancy, overwhelms everything and she brings her brother back to life. Which you're not supposed to do and makes, she's an extremely powerful necromancer, but they call that a bone witch. So I love that series. It's really good. Um, but also she does another series that I adore. It's called The Girl in the Well. It is based off of a Japanese fairy tale about a girl who was thrown to a well and killed. And then she is that girl and she uses water to hurt other people who are trying to kill or hurt other people with water. So she gets revenge and like kind of keeps people safe. But then she starts interacting with this boy who's being possessed basically. And we see 
a ghost's perspective of this person that's alive and trying to save him. And it's fascinating. It is just fascinating. And there's just so much culture wrapped up in it. And like, she's got a wonderful Twitter presence. Like, it's, it's phenomenal. She's a phenomenal person. And I don't know that I would run out of things to say. Like, I'm just so excited. I don't know if she could talk, but I don't I would not run out of things to say. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I picked Crystal Maldonado, who wrote Fat Chance Charlie Vega. And my reason for picking her is her Twitter feed is just... Like, she's always laughing. She's always having a good time. She's like super supportive of other people, like super thankful, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that Charlie Vega has done this well. You know, like this is like putting my baby out into the world. I love that even though she's a published author, she's still talking about like her writing struggles during National Novel Writing Month, like what it's like to parent a toddler, which I think is hysterical because toddlers are agents of chaos. She also talks about her fictional characters as though they are real. And I feel a very strong sense of connection with that. And so I just think it would be so much fun to get to like just hang out with her because I think she looks like just such a fun, vibrant, exciting, wonderful person. And I think we could talk about just so many different things. So I would pick Crystal Maldonado. I find it super interesting that we both were like, they have such great Twitter feeds. (laughs) In the world of TikTok, we're like, but Twitter, do you know about Twitter? But how else do you get to know an author? You know, I mean, unless you're going to be snowed in with them, you just don't know. You know, they they produce these wonderful stories and then, you know, they're just behind the scenes Mm -hmm. writing Mm -hmm. it all. So they are, you know, they are kind of mysteries to us. Okay, so it's time for honorable mentions. What are your honorable mentions? Well, I I mentioned Barbara Kingsolver earlier. She would be somebody that I think would be really interesting. I love Poisonwood Bible, still one of my all-time favorite books, so I'd love to talk to her. I also put down some different ones, like Flannery O'Connor. I don't know if you've ever read Flannery O'Connor's um, short stories, but she just seemed like she'd be the most interesting lady because her characters were kind of harsh. I mean, and there's a lot of lessons learned in those stories, and um, if you've ever read A Good Man is Hard to Find, it's like, wow, that's that's quite a story, quite a Southern story. Um, I also thought it'd be really interesting, um, Emily Dickinson. Uh, my honorable mentions, okay, so for main character, my honorable mention, oh, you know what? I don't have a main character. I have two side characters. Well, the egg is on my face. So skipping that one. So my first honorable mention for a side character, I have not read this book, but I know that I would get along with this person famously mandy i've said before and i'll say it again samwise gamgee (laughs) from lord of the rings i have not read the book sorry guys don't hate me i just love the movie so much like he's a man and he's just like but potatoes i know how to cook and i will cook because i like my food a certain way amazing i will let you cook for me and you're gonna cook potatoes fantastic and he gardens so we can talk about flowers which is amazing also he's just the best person in the whole series no shame i come at me i'm ready for it i can fight this um what's up mandy (laughs) so that is my side character one Side character number two, uh, for people who have seen Dune that just came out recently, I read the uh, first two books, I'm working on the third, Duncan Idaho. There's so much there to be said. If you know, you know. Anyway, um, and then my last honorable mention is an author. It's Lindsay Sands. She was the one who wrote Accidental Vampire, which is what oh. I started reading romance novels with. 
and I read all of her like um vampire series and then I read her Highlander series and then I reread her vampire series and then I realized she had a vampire Highlander series and I read that and then she had another one where it's just a Regency series I'm like well I gotta read that and then she's like oh random offshoot of like comedy Scottish series I'm like amazing let's do it I have read basically anything get my hands on by her so I would love to chat with her but like I just know she's gonna be so much funnier than I am so I don't know if I'm like ready to be stuck with her because I'm gonna be like I've got nothing to say I just gotta sit here and listen to you just like I'm so sorry Lindsay so those are my honorable mentions What's up? What you got? Certainly not me over here googling romance authors with the first name that starts with L. It was, <laughs> I was gonna this. try to pick. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, in the world of alphabetizing, they only go by last names. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, so this will surprise no one. But my honorable mention for main character would be Jamie Fraser because if I could not figure out what to do with him, if we were stuck inside, I've got issues. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, anyway. My side character <laughs> would be Imogen from oh, Bombshell. Yeah. Sarah McLean's Bombshell. It's a romance novel. Imogen wants to blow stuff up. She wants to off people. She's like, all right, let's go. And then someone comes up with a tame plan and she's like, really? That's it? That's it. And so I like, I love her energy. I I think I would really enjoy hanging out with Imogen. And authors, I I have a bucket load. Jane Austen, the Bronte sisters, Mary Shelley. Like if I could bring an author back to life, it would be those women. And just like talking about their life stories, like even just to be like, hey, yo, so women can now vote. And like, thanks to you, you've laid the groundwork. Like we have the right to vote. We have the right to health care. We are no longer the property of our husbands. We can remain single and no one's thinking twice about this. We don't have to marry for status. We don't, you know, even to just get to like share all that so they can be like, cool. Like the, this, the struggles that we went through are like leading somewhere also, I don't exactly want to like have to have that conversation because I'm like, yeah, it took 200 years and we're still fighting for it. But those would be my favorite ones. I would also really love to tell Mary Shelley, like, Percy is not worth your time. <laughs> he is a poop. He's going to try to steal your work. Just don't. What a great podcast. You should have a podcast where we talk about all the characters you want to bring, or all the authors, authors? you want to bring back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there is a million things you'd love to tell them. I Yeah. Yes. And I, I think it would be just them. really interesting to be like, okay, so here's here's what has, like, blown up in terms of, like, fandom for your series and how, you know, people are like, oh, who is it? It's... Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors. Like, oh, all yeah, these yeah. reimaginings of yes. your story. How iconic these stories are. How we all have our own Mr. Darcy in our lives. You know, yes. like, could you ever have imagined that that particular character, but, like, was he really the character that you wanted to fall in love with? Or was it, you know, I don't know. I, I just think that they would be so much fun to get to talk to. Okay, Bingley was clearly better. And also, I would tell them about penicillin, and they would be so mad. <laughs> They would be so mad about penicillin. They would be so mad about antibiotics <laughs> and birth control. <laughs> All of the good stuff. All of the good stuff. I'd be like, ladies, let me tell you how the world's changed. Yeah. But yeah, those would be my honorable mentions. Nice. Did I make you happy now that I brought up Jamie Fraser? You did. I was, okay. I was really disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Well, you guys had a whole cabin to yourself, you know? 
<laughs> it's snowed in. It's not like anyone can get there. <laughs> okay, but is this Jamie Fraser before he was married to Claire? You pick. Because I feel like it wouldn't be as much fun if I got the married Jamie Fraser. <laughs> I think maybe I want the Change 18-year-old everything. Jamie Fraser that said that he knew how to kiss, but he wasn't a monk. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, it's fine. Chad doesn't listen to the podcast anyway. Besides, that <laughs> is my dad does. Huh? Your dad does. Oh, crap. Sorry, dad. <laughs> no, um... You know how you have like that conversation with your spouse, like if this person ever walked out of like this movie, like you have free reign to like go for it. Okay. So Chad's a Selma Hayek. Like okay. that's, and I'm like, dude, you could not have picked different women. <laughs> Just saying, oh God, he's going to hate me for outing him like this. Um, But mine is Jamie Frazier. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, okay, but is it book Jamie or is it show Jamie? And I was like. Can I have both? And he's like, sure, Mandy, you can have both. (laughs) (laughs) This is never going to happen. He's like, Jamie Fraser does not exist. It is a figment of someone's imagination. So if this, yeah, no. So he knows, he knows, he knows my type. I could not have picked different people. So there you go. This, I, I maintain, I could not have picked different people. So. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time on the Beyond the Bookshelf podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.